What's happening, guys? Welcome to the JBS Training Group podcast. My name is Mark Smith. I am your host. I own and operate JBS Training Group, which is a firearms training company that travels the nation teaching guys what I know about shooting fast and accurate. Hope you enjoy this episode. If you'd like to know more about JBS Training Group or where you can get in on a class, you can visit www.jbstraininggroup.com. Enjoy the show. What's up, y'all? So, I sat down with old John Hatcher. Now, if you don't know John Hatcher, uh, you probably hadn't been doing a lot of gas gun shooting at matches because John Hatcher has been around in the competitive gas gun world for quite a little bit. Um, He's dabbled in the tactical game stuff, the quantified performance stuff, uh, and, and a lot of crap in between, and he's got a pretty good idea of what's going on with it. He also owns and operates a company called Sun and Shadow, which makes a whole lot of uh, real cool stuff that would probably help you out to be consistent and repeatable on your gas gun. Uh, It's really neat that he does this because all of the ideas that he puts out as products are things that he has learned at these matches. Um, He also has some some ideas on on competition and and why it's worthwhile, why you might want to use it. Uh, So we, we sit down in this episode and we talk a lot about competing, but specifically competing with the gas gun, the scope gas gun, um, and what you might be able to get out of it. Things that are going on in the industry that we think if we could just fix this one issue with the competitive space, it might fix other issues. And all in all, just a pretty good conversation about uh, competitive gas gun shooting and competition in general, man. Uh, Even if you're not into competing, I would encourage you to listen, listen on through uh, and see if we might get spark something within you to, you know, give you a, a, a inkling, if you will, to go get a get a taste of some of this stuff, man. I think it might, uh, it, it can't do anything but help, in my opinion. So, all that being said, man, this is uh, my sit down chat with John Hatcher. Uh, hope you guys enjoy this, man. I've already shot a match this year, but it was a it was a PRS match, and uh, I am getting ready to shoot uh, NRL Hunter for the very first time. Um. I have been really just looking forward to shooting NRL Hunter for for a while. I've been, man, I've actually been watching those guys from from Modern Day Sniper. You know, they're, mm-hmm. they've always got the great videos of NRL Hunter matches and stuff that they're going to, and they just make it look so cool. And just the yeah. idea of like a a field style match has really intrigued me. I think the 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 major hang up that I've had, and the reason I haven't done it sooner, is um, I'm, I'm not much of a bolt gunner. You know, amen, uh, amen. I just like gas guns, man. They're, that's just my jam, and uh, not that not that I I dislike bolt guns. It's just they they just don't excite me the same way that a gas gun does. So um, I am learning how to shoot a bolt gun uh, so that I can go to my first NRL Hunter match coming up here. It'll be in Georgia in about a month and a half in March. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, really looking forward to it, man. Uh, it, it just looks like it's going to be so much fun. So I'm excited what, about it. What do you? And this is just kind of a side thought. How, how do you conceptualize the differences and similarities between, you know, the typical DMR style matches versus the PRS style matches? Well, I guess the first question is: When you went and did the PRS match, did you shoot gas gun division or did you go with a bolt gun? 
I, I have used PRS in the past as a training for gas gun matches. Uh, okay. it, it never goes well. Um, you know, if you, yeah. <laughs> I, I consider myself to be a really great gas gun shooter. And then when I go to shoot PRS, it's like, yeah, you're just in the middle of the pack there. You know, mm-hmm. don't, don't, don't expect to bring a gas gun and, and be at the top of PRS. Um, but, uh, this is probably, do you my- use, do you use gas gun at PRS? Yes, I do. Uh, okay. except, right. except, except for the, the the one that I just went to, where I'm trying right. to get some time on my bolt gun. But um, previously, I have shot just gas gun because I just kind of use it as a as a training ground. Let's say if I can't get to a match and I got a big one coming up or something like that, and I really need to to go shoot something, um, you can usually find a, a local PRS match that I'll use to 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 practice. You know, um, sure. So I've I've done a few, and, and this was the first one that I had gone to where I shot a bolt gun. Um, I I still finished in the middle of the pack, so I can't. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure, yeah. That's, <laughs> dude, that's like I. So full disclosure, like I've never shot one, um, but like just thinking about like what I know about the rules and how they're scored and all that, like that that crap seems pretty like. Huh, that, that seems daunting. Like I don't, I don't want to pull the trigger. I'm not ready yet. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, like, you know um, you're you're absolutely right. It's um, and and to your to your question about like what's the difference between scoped carbine and and PRS or a bolt gun match? Um, they're they're wholly different, right? You're you're still shooting a rifle at distance, but the DMR style matches prioritize speed and and positions over ultimate precision right so so in a prs match you've got a par time let's say 90 seconds you've got that par time and you've got that whole 90 seconds to make your hits you know whether it's eight or ten rounds or, or whatever it is you've got that whole 90 seconds to take eight shots or, or ten shots right Whereas with gas gun, it's like, yeah, you've got 90 seconds, but man, if you take that whole 90 seconds, you're going to be on the losing end. <laughs> you, of, of you, have, you, you have eight to 10 seconds to take 90 shots. <laughs> exactly, 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 exactly. Yes, yes, exactly. It's, it's, uh, it's a game of speed and, and, you know, it kind of goes along with the, the gas, the, the mechanics of a gas gun, right? You're, it's a, it's a semi-auto. You don't have to you don't have to you know, use the stick shift every time you want to have a new round in the gun. Um, it's just there. It's ready for you to, to pull the trigger again. But that said, um, the, the targets are going to be a little bit bigger in a gas gun match. Um, I, I don't want to say that they'll be closer in a gas gun match, but I will say that the average uh, of the targets is probably closer, like distance-wise, probably closer in a gas gun match. Um so, you know, if you're going to go to a SPR DMR, the, the average distance might be four or 500 yards. If you go to a PRS match, the average distance might be 600 yards. So um, th- there are differences. You're still shooting a gun at distance, right? But, but there are differences in the way that those matches are run. One is about, is about ultimate precision, and the other, gas gun, is, is about ultimate speed. Reminds me a lot of, uh, like, like, if you know what uspsa is and you know what high national match b8 shooting is sure like then you know what prs and dmr is yes you know um i've always thought of 
these scope gun DMR matches is like, it's like USPSA with a rifle at 600 yards. Yeah. Um, good, good enough is, but like th- you, you, you need to be good enough if you're going to, if you're going to do well. Um, yes. You know, so I, I, I really, I, I love it, man. I, I do. Um, I don't know why I, I, I just really, really find it fascinating that I think it's the, it's the whole idea, right? Like I find it fascinating that, we as human beings, like you can take any given dude, right? Or girl, whatever. Um, and with, you know, honestly, all in all, very little training and the right setup, like you can make them hit things that are, you know, the size of a basketball 500 yards away. Um, it's, it's amazing. It is. It really is. Like, this is insane. Uh, like, like, let, just just over a hundred years ago, we were riding horses, bro. You know what I mean? Like this is kind of crazy. Um, but anyway, uh, yeah, it, it, it is fascinating. Um, do you find like so? What do you find that PRS does for you in the preparation of the gas gun match, or or is it just I just need to shoot the gun, man? I just need to like feel the match presser and and, and shoot the gun. Well, let me let me kind of describe it this way. Um, there are differences, right, in, in the way the style of shooting, right. Um, the the DMR match prioritizes speed, not not as much precision, uh, whereas the the bolt gun matches prioritize that precision. And because of that, there are different styles of shooting these matches. And when when I say styles, I mean with with a gas gun match, very often. You'll see guys that uh, they just love the blaze on that trigger, man. I mean, it just seems like every quarter second they're popping around off and, and they're not waiting to see splash. You're not waiting to see hits. It's like blast three off, see if you get one of them to hit, you know. Um, so a, a lot of guys will, will use that kind of style of shooting. And um, in PRS, you, you can't do that. You get one attempt to hit the target and if you don't hit it you got to move on to to the next target or the next position or whatever you, you don't get a you don't get a follow-up shot so patience is really important in bolt gun shooting um and kind of i've always felt like i'm a pretty patient shooter even in gas gun um i i don't subscribe to the whole thing where i need just just be blazing like you got a 30 round mag dude just dump it like i'm not into that um i like to to be a little bit more patient and to be honest that that kind of hurts me a little bit uh in the competition scene but at the same time you know if you watch me shoot it's it's i'm not going to say that it's rare to see me miss but it's it's not common for me to it's not the trend yeah 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 it's, it's not exactly thank you it's it's not exactly like something that i do often right i do get hits um and and i don't just like spend five rounds on one target hoping that i'm going to get something right I, I i feel like i am pretty patient but at the same time with a gas gun um it's it's very easy to be impatient and uh, what I wanted out of the, the PRS match is that uh, I need to remember that patience. Um, NRL Hunter is, is going to be a very similar format where, you know, hey, you got to not only do you have to find all of your targets, um, it's a field style match. So you've you got all your stuff with you in a backpack or whatever. You got to set up tripods and binos and all that. You need to find your targets. You need to range them for yourself. 
and then you need to engage them and, and you only get you only get like two shots i think i think you you take one shot um if you miss you get a follow-up and if you don't hit it then like it's time to move on so patience is is uh again part of the name of the game when it comes to nrl hunter and uh, that's kind of what i was looking to to regain when i went to prs um first of all yeah sure i, I want some time with the bolt gun um, second of all, you know, that patience factor is something that I need to, to really keep in mind, you know, as, as I'm moving into a new match. Like some, some of the stages at some of the matches, not, and this is not, you know, the typical thing, but every now and then, like you'll see, it reminds me of the, uh, <clears throat> if you've ever shot a QP match at the arena, which I know you have, but, uh, to the, to the listeners as well, if you've ever shot a QP match at arena, you have gone down to that one little bay over in the field all by itself and shot the super duper fast stage that always exists. Um, that particular stage is not like any of the others. And what's super interesting to me about that one is, is you'll see like if there's eight stages in a day and you just kind of look at, look through the practical results of the different stages, you'll see the guys that are you know typically top five of a lot of the other seven stages sometimes won't do so well on that one. Um, and other dudes that haven't even seen the light of day at the top five on the other seven stages will suddenly be in the top five of that one. And uh, I think that in my mind, like it, that it, it takes a pretty mature and experienced dude to understand when, like you really need to, to be patient like you're talking about. Uh, and when, it's it's okay to 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 let it eat just just a little bit, right? Yes. Not 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 crazy. Uh, don't don't just get wild, but like good enough is man. And and like if the if the target calls for one point two mils, but it's three mils tall, then I'm not really sure what we're dialing for. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean. And, and, and like understanding that um, is is what one of the things that like I've learned the most from this game is is myself, right? So like you you take any dude. And I, I ask I ask this question at class all the time. It's it's a pretty fascinating question, I think. Set up any target in front of him with a with a pistol, rifle, whatever, and ask him how fast he can shoot that target. If he's experienced enough, he'll have an idea, right? Like he'll he'll kind of know uh, what what he can get away with, and, and this and that and the other. Uh, but then if you ask him like, how do you know how fast you can shoot any given target? Uh, that's a pretty interesting question, right? Because like that's almost like saying, how do you know you love your wife? Well. I, I just do like, I, yeah. I, like, I don't know how to tell you how I know how, you, you know, uh, you just know. And I think the answer is experience. Yeah. Um, like I, I've, I've tried things and failed a lot <laughs> until I've, I've figured out like, this is probably when it's time for score, you know, there, there's a difference between performance and training when, when it's time for score and it's time for performing. I, I know myself. Um, and, uh, I wonder, I thought for a long time what PRS might do to help me, learn something even more along those lines um, about like, what, what can I like, what does it look like when I really can get a leg up on some speed, even though it's just a one shot and you're done kind of penalty versus like, I, I need to really, 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 really be sure about this before I do it. Um, because I'm, I'm sure that they're not like all the targets they give you at the PRS match. I'm sure that all of them are not extremely difficult. Like there's gotta be a gimme in there every now and then, or people would just get bored and quit and never come back. 
there um, the, the last one that I was at um, and again I, I'm not a huge PRS shooter so I can't say what's typical at, at most of yeah, these sure. um, and me but, either man I'm just speaking yeah. from like theory I don't even know uh, I, I would say that um, probably the smallest target that we shot was either 1.5 to 2 minutes and, and when I looked at it I think it was at like 500 yards or something like that and I was like man that is small <laughs> you know, but um, you, when you look at the gun, it's like I this this gun can shoot better than that. Um, you know, if it, if you're if I'm shooting on a bench or I'm doing zero or whatever, it's like yeah, the gun the gun and the ammo can shoot better than that. Um, why am I so nervous about this? And and really, it's like man, when you're shooting a gas gun match, those targets are like three four minutes at the smallest. You know, a lot of the times are you know sometimes the close targets are like seven mils tall. You know, and it's like dude. Um, those targets are intended to blaze and then you need to slow down a little bit for the, for the farther, smaller ones. But, but even then it's like, it's a three or four minute target, even at distance. Um, so the, the targets at PRS are a little more challenging. You know, you're, you're asking more from the gun. It's not that it's not doable. It's not like you're relying on sheer luck, but you, you do need a certain level of skill, uh, to, to keep yourself in that position um, make sure that your body mechanics are good behind the gun before you send that shot. And, and even if you have all that stuff, like if you didn't read the ring, right, you know, you're, you're going to miss anyway. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's pretty, uh, it's a pretty interesting sport. Uh, again, I'm, I'm not going to say that I go wild about, about shooting bolt guns or anything, but I, I do certainly use PRS as a, as a training tool for, for myself for other matches. When did you start doing like scope rifle? Oh, composition. Uh, it's been a minute, dude. Um, I want to say like 20, 2014 or 2015, somewhere oh, around there. Is, that is, that's a long time. Yeah. yeah we, um, we had a local uh, SPR match. Um, started out, the, the first couple of matches, it was maybe out to like 600 yards or something like that. And... Uh, had a had a lot of fun shooting those. They were quarterly, and it was like the first time I had ever really heard of an SPR DMR match. And, and what I really liked about it was that it was a true SPR DMR match, which meant that we shot like two stages that were from like zero to 20 yards maybe. And then you take that same gun and you shoot it out to 600. And I really enjoyed that format because that, to me, that is what an SPR is. It's a gun that can go from zero to like six, 700 yards. Um, like to the T that match really, really, uh, excited me because, you know, you're getting to see the full capability of the gun up close and at distance. And, um, you, uh, unfortunately that, that range ended up, uh, kind of changing the way that they were doing things and, and we weren't able to get back in there, but the, the match continued at another place, uh, where we were doing out to like 400 yards. And, uh, in that time, um, I ended up making a, a life change. We, we moved out to Arizona for, for about two years, and uh, I picked up a little bit of three-gun when I was out there. I also did uh, – oh, geez. I hate, I hate to say this, but I, I also did a bunch of F-class when I was out there just because it was close and it was easy. Um, so I, I did shoot bolt gun quite a bit when we lived out in Arizona, and, and I did pick up some nuggets there, but um, – that maybe that's one of the reasons that I, I don't much care for, for bolt guns is because I, I shot F class and I, I found it to be a little, but, but I don't want to say boring, but slow, 
slow paced. <laughs> um, so, uh, you know, when I was out in Arizona, we did some, some three gun where we shot out to like 500 yards. And, and again, you know, I really enjoy taking a, an AR 15, you know, that, that everybody just for, for the vast majority of the AR 15s, you know, time, it's like, man, this is a, this is a two or 300 yard gun. But when you really see what it can do, like you're stretching it out to five, six hundred, seven hundred yards, and, and you're making good impacts. And then, yeah, I, I'm not going to say that it's a twelve hundred yard gun, but I've made hits at twelve hundred yards with it. You know, so it, it's certainly capable of getting out there. Whether or not you, you do it with accuracy is, is another thing. Um, but it's it's just just amazing. You know what what the five five six gun can do. It just impresses me so much, and and uh, I really enjoy you know, spending my time behind a, a scope carbine. That's just, just the best for me. So much so that you've actually created uh, quite quite the business out of this, right? So, like, <laughs> so, so tell me about uh, Sun and Shadow and like where that idea came from. Like what were you doing before that? How did that come about? And then when did you like say, man, I think I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to run with this? Um, yeah, so – I have, um, well, let's, let's start before I, I was a mechanical engineer, uh, for 12 years. Um, I worked in a, a couple of different industries, but, but most recently I worked for a company, um, uh, well, I worked for a company called Axon. Uh, they are manufacturers of taser weapons and body cameras and, and a whole suite of other software and, and devices, uh, specifically for law enforcement. So anytime that you see a uh, an officer, you know, body camera, and it has like a, a little yellow triangle in the top right corner, um, that is is probably one of the body cameras that I worked on. I, I was on the video team, so um, really cool getting to see my you know my work, <laughs> you know, in in use uh, by by agencies all over the country and the world. Um, I really enjoyed uh, the work that I was doing. And uh, I, I just they thought it was a, a great company to work for. I really, really liked my time there. Um, but, you know, I, as with as with uh, a lot of engineers, um, it's, it's common that, you know, we, we want to have our own businesses. It's just a pretty common thing. And, and I was just at a point where, uh, you know, I wanted to I wanted to work for myself. Um, so. I had been doing um, I had been doing the tactical games back in 2020 is when I started doing the tactical games, and uh, I, I was competing there for a while. And uh, man, the the community there is is really cool, and I got a lot of encouragement, uh, both directly and indirectly, from from people in the tactical games community to start my own business. And um, I had taken a class with. Uh, with Ridgeline back in 2019. And I had uh, a couple of questions that came up during that class and, and they were uh, kind of helping me through them. And one of the problems that I was having was that I couldn't get behind the rifle and, and achieve cheek weld and uh, see all the things that I needed to see in the scope, like right away, like instantly I was having to mount the gun and then I was having to try to like, you know, find, find my way into the eye box and all that stuff. And uh, one of the one of the things that they helped me to, to figure out was that hey man like maybe you just need a cheek riser like you can you can duct tape duct, duct tape some foam on there or, or whatever and, and you know kind of elevate your face a little bit so that you're putting your cheekbone onto the stock instead of just putting your 
putting your cheek on there. Like it's a big, your cheek is actually a pretty big chunk of meat, right? And, um, you know, it's even worse if you got a beard, right? Because it grows out and then you can never find, you know, the exact spot that you need to be on behind the gun. But if you put your cheekbone on the, on the stock, like that's a pretty solid place that you can find every time real easy. Um, so I ended up making a cheek riser after taking their class and, uh, that was back in 2019 and, and I used this riser for a while and, uh, I was at a quantified performance match and, uh, somebody saw it and he was like, Hey man, that's awesome. Can you make me one of those? And I was like, um, yeah, sure. Like, uh, 50 bucks. Okay. And he's like, yeah, sure. Of course. You know, I made him one and, and, uh, he got it and, and he's just telling me all the time. He's like, dude, I love this cheek riser. It's the greatest thing ever. It helped me so much. And, uh, that, that kind of like started me thinking down the, the path of like, if I was going to start a business, what would it be, you know? And, uh, you know, here, here we are today. Um, I left my full-time job, uh, almost a year ago and uh, I've been full-time sun and shadow, uh, the whole time, um, you know, for, for the past year cheek risers and all sorts of different precision rifle scope carbine accessories that uh that we're putting out so it's been cool man like paying paying the bills and, and working for yourself uh through your own business is as you know a little terrifying <laughs> but at the same time it's uh it's very rewarding man I, i'm so happy it's it's just it's just great <laughs> there's a lot of benefits that come with it and i think a lot of people only ever think about those uh but there's there's some things that happen when you're in control that, you know, you would probably prefer someone else have to deal with. <laughs> yes. um, and, you know, nobody ever thinks about that stuff. But uh, like, you know, for instance, like today, all day long, I, I, I have all sorts of shooting related things that I would like to be doing and making content with and, uh, you know, training for a couple of matches I got coming up and all. But I have been doing spreadsheets all day for my new website designer for all of the 2024 registrants for all the courses so that he can move everything over. And so I'm digging through, you know, wh where did I stick this order in this email? And I mean, it's golly, dude, like, it's, <laughs> I, and I hate it. Like, and it, it almost like that whole idea to me is the reason I don't mess with bolt guns as of yet. Um, I can't just sit there and do a thing. You know what I mean? Like I, I need to, I need to move around, man. Like I, I, I don't know what that is. Like I, like even like down to like everything in life, like in deer hunting, I don't, I don't sit in a stand and hunt deer very often at all uh, because my mind won't allow it. I can't just sit there for four hours, man. I'll lose my mind. I have to, yeah. I have to walk. Um, <clears throat> and it's the same kind of crap we run this business. Like the, the bane of my existence is the computer based administrative side of doing this. I hate <laughs> it. Um, and I can't like, no matter how bad I hate it, I can't choose to do anything about it really because like I am computer retarded. Like I don't know how to work these things. And so aside from like going to computer school, like I don't know what, what else I could do other than hire somebody and I don't want to do that either. But, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so super cool. So that's, that's been going good uh, for you. That's, that's good to hear, man. And, uh, do you have like, uh, like, so how do you go about, deciding okay i'm gonna i'm going to make this product because I'm, I'm sure that you have like 27 ideas that float around all the time but like how do you choose to pick the one that you're going to go after uh i i don't know <laughs> okay um uh, i have um 
I have a couple of products that uh, I was like, you know what, man, I'm, I'm going to make this and it's going to turn me into a commercial success overnight. And uh, they ended up being total flops. <laughs> and and it's, it's one of those deals where I was like, I, I, I think the most successful products that I make are also the most useful. And I think the problem that I had with some of the products that I've come out with were that it, I was intentionally making them so, so that I could, like, in my mind, I was like, yeah, man, this is going to make me a millionaire, you know. But, but they weren't, like, particularly useful items. And uh, I, I, you know, maybe I didn't market them correctly. I'm not a master marketer. The first person I hire is going to be a marketing genius. Um, but, but <laughs> it's like, you know, maybe, maybe that wasn't the, the way to approach things. Um, maybe the things that are most useful to people are, are what I should focus on. Um, cause products like that will, will, yeah, I don't want to say that they sell themselves because, you know, I, I do have to work pretty hard on that. But, uh, at the same time, it's like, man, these, these products I truly believe are really useful and that's what I want to focus on. So anytime that I have another product idea where I'm like, oh, man, I'll sell a million of those, I'm always like, hold on a second, John. Remember when you said that about that one thing and uh, it ended up being terrible because it, like, maybe it looked cool, but it wasn't useful? Like, maybe we should maybe we should dial that back a, a little bit. So um, a couple of things that I, I kind of look at are, are, first of all, like, what is my manufacturing ability? Like what, what can I actually make? Because if I can make it, I can usually bring it in at a pretty good price point. If, if I'm having somebody else make it for me, depending on what technology they're using, then things can start to get expensive, um, not just for me, but also for the customer. And you have to ask like, you know, is, is the customer really going to see the value in this particular thing if I'm having it made out of house? And if the answer is no, like, and if I can't make it come in at, a, at the right price point uh, with all the features and, and things that I need uh, for, you know, to, to satisfy myself, then, uh, you know, we're, we're probably not going to probably not going to go after that particular product. I bet I bet uh, you have a so I was just sitting here thinking, right, like if I did what you did, um, I, I bet there's a there's a struggle in there somewhere that is. How do you let the general shooting populace, like how do you help them understand that they may need a product you make when they don't understand why they might need it? Man, that that's marketing, dude. And uh, I, I am I am absolutely not a marketing genius at all. Uh, that is not one of the skills that I learned in college. <laughs> but, that, but, but I mean, am I, am I, am I correct in my assumption that that would be a pretty big, like that's, that seems like a pretty heavy lift because like it, it, it is, it is. And, and a lot uh, of guys don't understand like what that thing is on your stock and why it matters. Like yeah. they don't. And so, so until they do understand it and until they understand how it might help them, then they're not going to buy it. Yeah. I've, um, uh, I've got a, I've got to crack the code on that. Um, like I said, like that uh, to me, that that's part of of marketing. Like you, you've got to make people understand like why this particular product is so useful and so important. And um, 
I, I see some companies that like, I look at their product and I'm like, dude, less than 1% of the population actually has a use for this thing. But you see that particular product on almost everybody's gun. And you're like, why do you have that? You know? And, 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 and it's like, well, those guys have figured out the marketing part pretty good and they're doing a way better job than I am. And for me, it's like, man, I, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm learning about marketing. I'm trying to figure out how I can, how I can get that point across to people, but I, I'm just not there yet. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll be honest about it. Um, but you know, that said, I truly believe in, in a lot of the products that I'm making, I truly believe that they'll, that they will help you. Um, and, and it's not just like 1% of the people that they're going to help. I mean, like it can really help like 90% of shooters if I could actually figure out how to, how to help them understand what it does. And, um, you know, of course I'm, I'm kind of referring to my cheek risers on, on that, but, but we have a number of products that I, I really think are incredibly beneficial. Um, I just haven't figured out that marketing side yet. We're working on that. <laughs> it's, it's very akin to the way I feel about like, my curriculums, like I, I really, really do believe in the product I sell. Like I believe that, like I believe so much in the product I sell that in my mind, and I tell people this all the time, like my, if, if I can do my job the, the, the way that I, I hope I can, in my mind, you should not, like my job after I trained enough people should not exist anymore. Like, and what oh, I mean yeah. by that is, is like, yeah. I, I want to be able to train somebody how to train themselves so well that they never come to me again. Like, because they don't have to. Yeah. They, they, you know what I'm saying? Like that's in my mind, that's what a, a trainer should do. Like you should teach me how, how to do this and how to know what I'm doing, how to assess what I'm doing and how to overcome certain things. Um, like training to me is is way way deeper than just set up a drill and shoot it and see what happens and then tape it up and try again. Like it's 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 way 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 more than that. It's it's very very like meditative like state of focus and 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 big big focus on the awareness of the the correlation between cause and effect of what you what you feel versus what is happening and like all these different things. And like if I can just take that out of my head somehow, make people understand that this is why. You, you have, you know, and, and do when I say this stuff, I'm, it's, it's not a bash against any particular person or it's not a bash to anybody. It's, it's from my heart to yours, man, with love. I wish somebody would have told me this. There is a reason why your skill set has looked the same for the past 10 years. Yes. Right. And it's because you're, you don't know how to train. Yes. Um, and, and, and so like, I don't, I feel like I'm constantly on that same struggle on my side of the house of like, how do you get a dude to understand that the reason he sucks at shooting is because he doesn't know how to train. And, and I truly believe I know how to do this. And the difference maker of how good you can be is directly correlated to how good you, you want to be right. Yeah. Uh, uh, hey, like how much you willing to give, uh, because you can just keep going. You know what I mean? I don't, I don't, I don't, uh, I don't know how to make people understand that because in, at the same time, I'm battling a market where, you know, in the training industry, the, the marketing lie that is sold so often is if only you had the right piece of gear, the right technique or the right class, all your problems will go away. And, mm -hmm. and it's not, it's not real. Um, and it, it truly is BS and it's a lie and, and people are taking people's money um, in my opinion. Right. Um, <clears throat> and so, you know, I mean, a, a great example is you'll have a dude 
you know, you just take pistol shooting, for instance, and like dudes will hit low left on a, on a pistol shot. Like, like, you know, the famed, everybody knows this, right? You, yep. you shoot the gun right handed, hit low left. I have found that the vast majority of shooters truly at the, at the like levels deep do not understand why they do that. Like they, they don't, they don't even really understand the correlation between what happens to put the bullet there. Yeah. Uh, what they always conceptualize is, oh, I just did it too fast. Well, you didn't do it too fast. You just did it wrong. Right. So like, so what did you do? Even if you think it's too fast, what did you do to do that? Well, I, uh, I guess I, I guess I pushed on the gun. Right. Okay, cool. Yeah. Now we're getting somewhere. Yeah. You pushed on the gun. So then they'll look at me and they'll say, well, how, so how do I not do that? Right. And that's the magic question, right? That's like asking somebody, how do I ride a bicycle? Um, you, 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 you try, you, you, you become aware of what is happening, focus on it and train. And then eventually that problem will begin to diminish, right? Uh, if you, if you do it the right way, but what they're looking at me and saying, what do I do about that? That they, they've been sold this idea that I'm going to touch their hands and, and move their thumbs some kind of way. And that problem's going to go away. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that's yes. not what will happen. Right. Yes. Uh, so in the same thing that you're talking about, like I dude, I feel that in my soul. Like, I don't, I don't know how to make people understand that they, they need this. And it ain't even got to be for me. I think there's tons of great trainers out here that, that understand what I'm saying right now. Um, but there's also, I think, way, way more that just sell an experience on a range with someone on the internet that you believe is a popular person. There's, there's been a, a lot of, a lot of chat about uh, how to vet your instructor lately. And, and, and man, I, I got to be honest, I don't know, I, I don't know what the answer to that really is. Um, I, I, I don't either. <laughs> you know, because like it's, it's, it's weird. It's um. This this truly is like the damnedest industry I've ever I've ever been in. Like, it's I don't know how you don't know anything, and then somehow you know what to do. Like, meaning like I don't understand how as a student who I'm, I'm an idiot. I know nothing about guns. I just bought my first rifle. How am I supposed to know who to go to? Yeah, like because I don't know anything. Um, I don't know how you fi- I don't know how you bridge that gap. Uh, and so typically, what happens? They go to the dude that pops up on YouTube most often. That's sure. that's how it works, you know. And then they get led down this road of of years of just dumb stuff that ain't even real, you know. Uh, and, and then they come to me one day, and and I have to say, "Oh, sweet Jesus, brother, <laughs> you you are you are lost." But it's all right. Like like now 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 we're found. Um, I, I think and, everybody's I, got to go on that. Everybody's got to go on that journey, man. Like, and that's what I, I was going to say. I did the yeah. same thing. Like that's what happened to yep. me. Yep. You know. So I'm I'm in the same boat, dude. Like I I remember like I took my concealed weapons class at a gun show, you know, and and so I could get my my permit. And uh, I just remember like listening to that guy and being like, yeah, man, like this guy's awesome. He knows what he's talking about, brother. And and I think I shot. I like we went to the range after the class. I shot one round out of a double action revolver and, uh, and he was like, yep, good to go, man. And I was like, this, this, like he, I'm not, I'm not saying it was his job to teach me how to shoot. Like his job was to teach me like just enough about the law so that I could get the permit. It wasn't to teach me how to shoot or anything like that. Sure. But like, I remember like, yeah, man, I just took this awesome class and, and, and everything. And, and I'm like, dude, I back, like I had no idea like what I was, 
like what I was supposed to be learning from a from a class. And um, just like everybody starts at that very bottom, you know, position. And if you're if you're lucky enough where you've got like a gun dude who's like, yeah, man, we're going to get you your first pistol. We're going to take you to the range, make sure you're safe with it. And then we're going to take you to some matches. Like, in my opinion, like that would be ideal, you know, if you have a, a gun mentor to, to bring you up. But but the honest truth is that like most people don't have somebody like that in their life oh. like it's it's like you know uh, you, you know you, you got your uncle that that has a has a revolver or something and he's gonna take you out to shoot one day you know it's like that's how a lot of people kind of get get started so it's interesting how so this is building well so what if right and this kind of takes us back to our initial thought on this this whole podcast what if that that bridge for that gap was if we could get those dudes to a match Right. Like, because I, I think the catalyst for most new shooters, when they finally figure out they, they, they suck at shooting and they need help and they need training and they kind of get hooked on it is, is that moment where you realize how, like, you realize what is truly possible if you only learned how to do it. Like, a, I think a lot of shooters struggle with understanding, like, how good you can act. Like, I remember going to my first ever training class, dude, and seeing dudes doing stuff with pistols that looked like freaking magic tricks. Like, I didn't even know that was humanly possible. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yep. And, like, that was the moment that I realized I got a lot of work to do, man. Um, like, I can't do anything even close to that. And, 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 like, then I went to a match, and I saw these guys, like, throwing down, dude, like, over and over and over just with insane consistency, just demolishing people, right? And that's when I, like, looked at these guys over here, and I'm like, okay, these dudes aren't – they weren't in an, an SF group necessarily, right? Like, they weren't cops. They That guy's a that guy's an insurance salesman, and that dude's some kind of weird computer nerd, and they're <laughs> destroying everybody, yep. right? And so, like, that was the moment that I started to kind of realize that, like, you're – your job description doesn't make, you know, doesn't a shooter make, uh, your, your possession of a firearm doesn't a shooter make. So, so then it started like, well, okay, so who do I need to look to, to teach me this stuff? Because like the, the insurance guy and the computer nerd ain't teaching classes, but I ain't never seen, you know, many, many of these other guys that I see on YouTube doing what these guys are doing. So now I'm kind of stuck again. So I just kept competing right? To try to get on squad with those guys and just try to mimic them. You know, uh, the most primal form of learning is imitation, right? That's why our kids do what we do. Uh, yeah. And so that like that opened a whole new can of worms to like truly beginning to understand why I sucked at shooting and, and what I needed to do. And so I wonder, instead of marketing dudes towards like, you know, products, classes, trainings, things like that, would we as a community have a have a better end goal reach to like let's let's market some matches you, you know i i really think that that's that would be a better approach like if um you know you i'm just spitballing here but you know if you if you have a, a gun store that is also putting on matches like there is is an awesome way not only to to have people come in and be able to to purchase you know the firearms for the first time or whatever. But now they also have a place that they can go shoot and learn, and and I think that 
that kind of gets the ball rolling um, for, for a lot of people. There's a, there's a guy here. Uh, I, I got to give this dude a shout out, Neil uh, at Two AF. Um, he he has been just of just a phenomenal impact on on the local gun community here, and and I'm in I'm in Daytona Beach, Florida, but but they're up in Jacksonville. Um, Neil uh, has has been in in the firearms industry for. Oh geez, I'm sorry, Neil. I don't want to. I don't want to. <laughs> but it, it's been a long time, <laughs> like like 20, 30 years. He, he's he's been in the firearms industry, and um, you know he's been selling guns, but then he also uh, runs a monthly like he, he and he and some of his buddies run a monthly uh, two gun match that uh, that we can all go shoot at, and then he also hosts instructors like six, seven, eight months out of the year. He's got an instructor coming in, a reputable instructor coming in to, to teach. So he's got, like, he's selling selling firearms and, and really good accessories. He's uh, he's providing people with a match that they can go shoot those guns in. And then he's also providing them with training to, to go along with it. And it's like this cycle that he's got of, like, of just equipping people and, and giving them a place to learn and then giving them a place to compete. And uh, it's it's just like such a great cycle that he's built. I just love it to death. And and one thing that I really hear a lot when when instructors come to town is that like the the northern Florida Jacksonville St Augustine area has a super high concentration of really talented shooters. And and, and I think that is like I think that is because of of the work that people like Neil are are, are doing. It's like you know, those guys are really helping people, not just to get their firearms, but, but to learn how to use them. And, um, man, I just, I just love that, that idea to death. And I, I really think you're onto something there with that, man. Like if, if there was a way that we could get new shooters in, involved in shooting matches almost right away, I mean, it's like the gateway yeah. drug for everything else. Exactly. Because like if, if we could get more dudes in matches and we prioritize that, and we brought him into this world and, and helped him understand like that, that number one, look over there at the dude that like is in the top five every time he shows up. And that's what real skill looks like. Uh, and then, and then over here, like, like this whole idea, I think would not only truly make better shooters, but it would also like, would, would, would marketing dudes to go to matches to learn that they don't know everything they, they hoped they knew. Would that not sell more products and more classes by default. Oh, like, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's, it's going to work all the way around because like, they're going to go, they're going to suck it up. Right. And, and they're not going to like it. So they're going to try to figure out, okay, who's, who's teaching, uh, that, that is teaching the dudes in this space. That's actually, it's working, whatever they're doing. Um, and then like, Hey, what's the common denominator between the dudes that are, you know, top 10 of everything they go to, what, what kind of products are they using and, and where's that product from? Uh, and what you'll do eventually is, you know, and it's unfortunate for the, the dudes that are, are categorized into this category is you'll, you'll weed out the guys that are, that are truly just putting on skills and drills days and taking people's money, acting like they're teaching them something. And right. you'll also weed out the guys that are making stupid products and coming up with reasons why everybody needs them. Yeah. Um, because like I, I got to be honest, man. Like I'm not. You're you're a very kind person, John, and I think I am too. But I I'm also very blunt. And like, there's certain stuff out here, man. That like, it it, it ain't nothing personal. But like, that product is stupid. Yeah. Um. <laughs> you know. And like, and I don't know how else to say it, man. Um. 
And and there's also like certain training where like, we've all seen it. Like you see that dude that's surrounded by nine paper targets and starts shooting behind his back with a pistol upside down. Like that's freaking stupid. Yeah. You know? <laughs> um, and, and I'm not sorry. So, you know, I think that what we would do if we saw more people prioritizing matches and match attendance is not only would we see, would we see like, like you say, beginner shooters get very, very skilled very quickly, but it would also like, it would cause all the other dudes that are out here just spinning their wheels in their own space and, and, and not really moving, like e- either move or get out the way, man. Um, yeah. and, and, and then also imagine how many matches would come to fruition if we, if we, as a community would prioritize the match attendance just as a hobby even, right? Uh, how many other super cool matches would be born out of different things? Like one of the things that I always think, like, you know, you hear the practical application guys are always arguing with the tactical application guys and, and vice versa. Right. And I, I kind of think they both sound stupid sometimes. Um, <laughs> what, what if, what if like all the dudes that prioritized the tactical side of the house and, and think that competition will get you killed and things like that. What if we made it cool to actually compete where it's not just, tribal and polarized where you're only this one kind of person if you do this where like those dudes come up with a competition that measures the skill set they value right like that'd be cool do that then like whatever because like no matter what you do and no matter what you think everybody's gonna get better at whatever they go to um yeah like i mean dude like one of my favorite things in the world matter of fact i'm signed up for one right now night vision matches like those are so freaking cool man because like you don't ever get to do stuff like that most of the time and like you want to shake out your kit and like truly find out whether you know where your buttons are. <laughs> like yep. go go do it on the clock with everybody watching. It's, Man, it's, it's fun. It's funny you say that. I um, I'm not doing it as part of my business. I'm I'm simply doing it because because like you said because it's fun. But uh, I have started a, a local night two gun match. Um, Real cool. It is not a, unfortunately, it's not like a come one, come all kind of thing. You know, I, I, I like to go to bed, you know, so I, I, need, yeah. to, I need to be out of there at like 11, 12, <laughs> you know. Yeah. But, um, you know, we're, we're kind of limiting the number of people that, that we can get in uh, for, for now. But um, it's just one of those deals where it's like, man, you, you've got. You got all this equipment, you know, we've, we've got two divisions. We've got a night vision division, and then we also have a, a white light division. And it's like, if, if you don't have nods, but you got white lights on your gun, like, yeah, man, come out and shoot it, dude. Um, but, but it's like, you've got all this equipment and it's very uncommon to find a place that you can do a night vision or white light match. So, uh, so we've got a, a range that, that has been really cool to, to let us, um, come out and shoot there. And man, we, we had our first match back in January. Um, everybody who like, it's a stupid, simple match, dude. It's so like, if you looked at it in the, in the daytime, you'd be like, dang, you'd like, this is a pretty boring match. But, but like, it was so unique that people were able to shoot under night vision or shoot with their white lights. I mean, everybody was just ranting and raving like, dude, this is the coolest thing ever. You know, I had such a blast at your match, dude. It was so freaking awesome. And I'm, and I'm just like, thanks, man. Like, I, it wasn't a big production, but, but at the same time, like, people are just genuinely happy to come out and use their gear. And, and the coolest thing about it, like, I've, I've said this to a bunch of people, um, the shooting at night under, like, under night vision, I have actually not found it to be, like, that difficult. I haven't found it's it not. to be, like, a it's major not. change, like, in the way that you do things. But what is different is that like now you got to figure out all the other admin stuff like 
how do mm-hmm. I walk without tripping? <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. like, uh, you know, how, like, how does, how does all this work? How, how do I find my magazine when I can't see it? Um, how do I, how do I like do dexterous things with my hands? Like when I need to see what I'm doing, but I can't focus on those things because my night vision is, is focused, uh, you know, farther out. Like, how do I do all that stuff? And it's like the, the admin side of the night matches is, is what I have really like been enjoying. So mm-hmm. it's like, man, like this is super cool. So, um, really been enjoying that, man. The, the night matches are just so much fun, dude. Every, everybody's just having a blast at them and it's, it's just a, a great time. I wish that, uh, I just wish that I could figure out a way to, to make them more often or make them bigger or, or something like that. So that, uh, so we get more people out there to, uh, to experience it also, man. It's just, it's just so much fun. Yeah, for sure. I, um, and you know, we can talk offline uh, about it, but I, I have, tremendous in my opinion tremendous ideas about what you could do at night vision matches to make them extremely interesting and it's just based on all it is is just based on struggles that i have personally had uh under night vision right um, yeah and and and, it, and like you say it's not like the shooting like we got to have some way to score something right so like the shooting is going to be there and, and it is what it is um there's a couple of of small things that, that are a little bit, uh, exacerbated under nods. Like, like, dude, if you can't, you know, find your red dot in the daytime in recoil, like Godspeed when you put on nods, yeah. but you know, <laughs> stuff like that, uh, that, that, that is exacerbated things like, uh, have you, did, did you know that you don't have to have the, the butt stock, uh, up against your face with yeah. a laser attached to your gun, you know, these, these things, but a lot of it is just admin stuff, right? Like, uh, one of the things that I think would be super cool, and we, I actually might talk to the match director, see if we can do something like this at the one I'm going to, but um, <clears throat> imagine the buzzer goes off and, and the rules are simple. You, you must start the stage under night vision and you cannot, you cannot activate white light at any given point, right? Um, and what you have to do is on the clock, go open a, a box with a key that has a padlock on it. Inside of that box is your written course of fire. And now how will you read those words? Yeah. Jeez. Right. Like stuff like that. And then go shoot it after you have the instructions. Yeah. Um, like stuff like that. Like that's truly understanding how to overcome the, 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 the drawbacks of certain gear. Uh, or like if you had a blind stage where all the targets are covered up by different barricades and, uh, you know, it's, it's numbers one through 10, 10 total targets numbered one through 10, but they're numbered at random. They may only be shot in numerical order. Beep. Go. Yeah. Yeah. Find them. Where's number two at? Do you remember where you saw number three at while you were running by? You know, like all, all those different things. Um, it's, it's, it's super fun. Um, but anyway, long story short, we're derailing on night vision matches. So tell me about, uh, you told me that you had, uh, one that you were, I think you're, you're either putting it on or you're helping with it or something that's actually coming to South Carolina. Right. Yes, sir. Yeah. So what uh, is that one? Because I noticed, I think it's it's something about tactical games, but there's something about snipery involved with it. And I I, I I realized the first time I ever saw it flash up across my feed that I ain't never heard tactical games be associated with anything snipery. Yeah. So what's going um, on with that? Man, um, I have been I've been doing the tactical games since 2020, and um, I, I found just an incredible amount of enjoyment that I get out of going to those matches. It's one of those things where, like, you end the weekend, and just just having finished the weekend, you just you just feel so accomplished, you know, with yourself. It's one of those kind of weekends where, like, man, I'm still alive, you know, after after I did this. And and for those listening that 
that um, maybe have heard of the tactical games or, or, or aren't familiar, um, the easiest way to describe the tactical games is that it is it's basically CrossFit with guns. Um, now, if, if you have actually done a tactical games, you, you would know that that's, that's actually not totally true. Um, but, but that's kind of like the elevator pitch of, of what you're getting into. Like you're, you're going to go to the tactical games, you're going to work real hard. You're going to, you're going to get smoked like with the, with the fitness. And then in the middle of that, you're also going to be asked to shoot, uh, basically bullseyes, you know, paper shooting, um, or you, you know, you might have an action stage, uh, this year, uh, actually 2023, sorry, last year, they just started introducing scoped carbine stages as well. You know, guys were shooting out to, to five, six, 700 yards. Um, so it's like, it's like two gun scoped carbine bullseye shooting. And at the same time, Hey, we're going to, we're going to make you ruck for a few miles or we're going to make you uh pick up this really heavy sandbag or whatever it is it's it's like functional fitness meets meets shooting and um man i can't tell you how how much i've really taken away from the sport um i just just love it so much but uh any anyway back in 2021 they announced that they're going to start doing what they call the sniper challenge and it was uh, a mix of shooting, but now pretty much everything we're going to do at distance. So rather than uh, shooting at you know 50 yards or 100 yards with our rifles, we're going to ask you to stretch it out further. Um, the fitness is is not going to be anywhere near as intense as it is in our regular tactical games. Um, we're going to get your heart rate up a little bit. Maybe we'll make you jog, run, pick up a, a sandbag or something. But you're not going to get smoked. Uh, the intention is just to elevate your heart rate so that you can go and shoot at distance. And uh, they had started doing those in 2021. Um, they did them through, uh, I think, the beginning of last year or something like that. And, you know, it, it ended up through through the economics of the match. They ended up uh, kind of canceling them. Uh, but this year, in, in 2024... It's coming back. Uh, I was invited to be uh, one of the match directors for it. I'm, I'm really excited about it. And uh, we are going to go to Government Training Institute in South Carolina to shoot the Sniper Challenge. Um, if you have heard of or never heard of Government Training Institute, uh, it is one of the most incredible shooting facilities that I have ever been to. Uh, GTI is a... It's a decommissioned nuclear waste processing facility. I think I got that right. Sounds pretty um, cool. I, I, I kind of know what I'm doing. Yep. Got <laughs> yeah, it. it's, it's, it's like a um, super mega industrial setting uh, that they, you know, they use it to train military and law enforcement clients most of the time. But uh, we are using it. Uh, we, we've been there a few times for the tactical games, and now we're going to use it in a, in a little bit different way. We're going to use it for the sniper challenge. You will be shooting at distance, uh, you know, running through stairs and these huge mega structures they have, and um, it's just going to be just an incredible place to to do a. a, a a gas gun match basically is, is what we're talking about here. Uh, a guy that shows up to this that you would anticipate probably having a good chance to win, what would his gun look like? Like what kind of weapon uh, would you bring to something like this to be competitive? 
Um, so the, the structure that we're trying to go after for, for this kind of resurgence of the match is um, more oriented towards a gas gun than a, than a, a bolt gun. And, and we talked earlier here that, uh, you know, there are differences in the way that you shoot. Um, when I say that you'd be more oriented towards a gas gun, I mean, we're, we're looking for fast par times. We're going to be using bigger targets, and we are going to be positioning them uh, in a way that um, is more uh, along the lines of what you would see at a gas gun match. Um, it, it's going to be field style, meaning you're going to have to you're going to have to f spot and range your own targets. I'm not saying that they're going to be hidden. Like I'm not going to go out there and camouflage them or anything like that. But but you're you're going to have to you're going to have to pick them out and you're going to have to range them for yourself. Um, but man, if, if you're, if you're coming out there to win, you could do it with a five, five, six and an LPVO. Um, like that's kind of who we're trying to, to gear this match towards. You, you've you know, almost everybody, you know, that I could think of that, that has an AR 15 you know, with an LPVO on them, you know, they're going to be able to come out and do well at this match. And that's kind of where we're trying to gear this towards. I'm not saying if, Hey man, if you got a bolt gun and you want to come out and shoot the sniper challenge with it, hell yeah, dude, like absolutely. You will have a blast and you might win. Like that's totally fine. Like there are great shooters with a bolt gun who are just going to absolutely dominate, you know, other people who don't quite have the same skill set. But that said, like it's going to be geared more toward a gas gun match than, than a PRS match. How are you doing the scoring on that? Man, that's a great question. <laughs> we're we're still working that out. It's, it's got to be a combination of of time. Like we we really want time and hits. Um, but one of the things that kind of complicates the the scoring a little bit is the fitness side of things. Um, you know, if if we were to do something where like a, a miss, you know, for that stage was like fifteen seconds. Well, hey man, if you can run real fast, you can make that up super easy. So we've got to figure out a way to, to balance out that, and and it's gonna it's certainly going to be based on on your time because it is a gas gun match. But we also need to figure out how to how to balance out hits and misses so that um, you know, hey, if just because you can run real fast, you shouldn't be able to win the match. You know, you got to be able to shoot good too. So we're 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 looking at how to do that first thing that comes to my mind is to make the miss penalties more egregious steep yeah yeah real yeah. steep um and then also like do i have to is it going to be very uh similar to you know the majority of scope imagine so i gotta i gotta i gotta spot and range my own stuff so if i want to do that with say i want to bring uh just for purposes of uh, arbitrary discussion i i, I want to use my tripod and my spot and scope and my laser range finder and all this different kit and my big assault ruck and blah 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 do i do i start at the start line with all that crap already on me and i gotta i gotta deploy it on the clock and all that kind of jazz anything that you bring with you um and you use them on the stage has to go with you on every stage so uh if you want to do a gear bomb that <laughs> that's gonna hurt you you can if you want but uh, it's certainly going to hurt you. Efficiency is going to be the name of the game with your gear. Um, being good, being able to set up the, if you're going to use a tripod, being being able to set it up quickly, um, being able to, to find and range those things. If you're going to bring a spotter, like cool, man, but but mm, you might be better served with a pair of binos. You know, um, we're just, we're, 
we're, we're looking to make it more field style than uh, than what you would see in like a normal SPR DMR or PRS match where it's just like, dude, everybody's got their tripods and their wind vanes and their weather meters and and uh, sure. the huge spotting scopes. You know, we're, we're not we're, we're not looking to do that. It's it's going to be a little more field style than that for sure. Super cool, and it's a it's a I'm, I'm assuming it's going to be a multi multi target array on each course of fire with hit to move on scoring and yes yeah uh, stuff yeah same same yeah. kind of thing so it's uh we're, we're really excited about it it's it's going to be a um you'll you'll also need your pistol as well so it's going to be yeah. uh, pistols pistol will be scored um probably probably not as much as the as the rifle will be scored but pistol is going to be part of it um the the big draw for me man is like the the facility like it yeah. it is amazing and, and uh huh. the, the very first so so when i first learned about the tactical games um i i read about it on an internet forum i saw like this dude had done the the gti event in 2019 which was the very first gti event that they had done and uh he was showing pictures or he was like running through tunnels and like coming down ropes and shooting out of buildings and stuff and i was like damn dude that, like that looks really cool um, there's no way that they just let like normal people do that, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and I, I went on their website and, and it, it didn't say it, but it was like, yeah, like even if you're a freaking mechanical engineer nerd, like, yeah, you could, as long as you're safe with guns, you can come out and shoot this. And I was like, dang, dude, they, they do just, they do just let anybody come out and, <laughs> and yeah, shoot yeah. this thing. So I was like, yeah, man, I'm, you know, I was doing CrossFit. Um, Like, I think I had maybe been doing CrossFit for like one or two years by then. And um, I was like, yeah, man, like I do CrossFit. I shoot matches like that. That sounds pretty cool. Like I want to go play Navy SEAL for a weekend. And, and um, dude, like my very first match with the tactical games was that GTI in 2020. And I was just blown away at the stuff that they were letting me do, dude, like, crawling through tunnels and climbing up ladders off the side of buildings and, and, um, you know, shooting off this nine story, like super structure that they had that I do. It was just incredible. And, um, ever since then I was just like, you know, it'd be freaking cool if, if we could shoot a scope rifle match here <laughs> and, uh, and we're making it a reality, man, 2024, we're doing the sniper challenge at GTI. And I'm just so stoked to, to be part of it, man. I'm, I'm just so you guys got a uh, a date on that yet? Yeah, so it's it's June fifteenth and sixteenth. Um, it will be a team match, uh, team only. So you and your buddy are going to come and, and solve problems together. And uh, man, it's just I'm just so excited about it. I'm, I'm <laughs> actually uh, I, I am a little upset that I'm running the match instead of shooting it. Yeah. <laughs> but I will get to I will get to vet the stages, you know, to make sure that everything's working the right way, the, the way that you intend them to work, that you can hit all the targets, that you can do all the stuff. Uh, I just won't, won't be able to compete. <laughs> Super cool, man. Well, I'm 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 excited for you. I know what that kind of feels like. I did. Uh, I ran my first match out in Texas uh, last year in November, and uh, God, it was. I gotta be honest, it was pretty freaking scary. Uh, yes. <laughs> and um thank god i had man uh my buddy scott uh peterson he 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 went with me um i think he didn't really want to say it but like he knew that i was going to need help <laughs> and yeah so he, he was like i'll uh i'll go with you <laughs> and yeah. i was like okay cool you know 
Uh, and thank God he did, man. I had him, um, you know, William Ryder, I'm, I'm yep. sure. Yep. Yep. Uh, yeah. He, he came out. Um, so I, I had some help. Thank God. Cause I, I, I did need it. Um, <laughs> there's so much like people don't realize there's so much to do, man. Yep. Um, it's, uh, it's, it's really funny you say that, man, because when I, uh, when I started running this, this night two gun, the first one that I put together, um, yeah, I, I had a couple guys that were like, "Hey, you know, can I come out and, and help you set up?" And and they they had uh, actually all run matches before. They were like, "Hey, I'll, I'll come out and, and I'll help you set up." And I was like, "Oh, you know, that's that's all right, man. Like, it shouldn't be that big of a deal. Like, I'll you know, I'll go out there and get everything together." And uh, dude, I'm so glad that they came out because I didn't I didn't realize like how much like work it was. I really didn't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah. and the guys, like I said, like like you said, the, the guys that that came out had run matches before and and they knew <laughs> they already knew that I would need help. I just didn't know that I would need help. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah, it's uh it's something else. I um I've got those boys out there hollering for me to come do another one this year. I don't know if I can find time on the schedule and then also I, I I don't know. I'm I'm reluctant, or maybe not reluctant. I'm apprehensive about it because I don't I don't ever feel as popular as my events go. If that makes sense. <laughs> um, and so, like, I, it makes me feel like I don't know, man. Like, maybe once every other year until we get some traction. Like, I I I, I don't know. Uh, but we'll see what happens. Um, but yeah, it's 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 super fun. It's interesting what you said earlier. You talked about the. Uh, <clears throat> I think you said it was the first scope gun match you shot where they had um targets at like 20 yards and in yeah so uh the the performance out yonder match in in texas in november that was exactly my thoughts were like you go to these matches and everybody calls it a zero to 600 match but there ain't never nothing at zero man yeah and yeah. um and like that's that's a its own struggle right and so uh we had a bunch of really neat stuff that just in my mind are some of the things that people just don't think about um like one stage we had targets at uh target at 200 and you, and you kind of had to run like a almost like a chaos so target at 2 target at 4 target at 2 target at 5 target at 2 but in order to get to that barricade you had to shoot uh, basically an accelerator on a piece of paper target at 5 target at 15 target at 25 and the yep. target at 5 yards had a headbox no shoot uh over okay. the top of it and so if you hit the no shoot that is uh classified as a miss and yep. a penalty um and you'd be amazed how many really, really great 500-yard shooters just got a little too excited and took penalties and misses on the on the five-yard target. Yeah. Um, and then we also had one where uh, you talked about patience in the beginning of this. Like sometimes, you know, it's time to turn the gas on, and sometimes uh, might want to chill just a little bit, man. Uh, we we had one stage where you started the the course of fire with nine total rounds in the gun, and the course of fire required eight hits to complete. Uh, the farthest target was 400 yards and what I would call of reasonable size. Um, but I gave you one makeup shot in that gun. Yeah. And, uh, if you ran dry, your freshly loaded magazine was located about 30 yards away. (laughs) So, uh, you can either clean it, uh, by, you know, doing what you need to do, do it right. Uh, or, you can really get after it and blaze, 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 and then go dry, and then you got to safe and deck the gun, sprint, come back, and then now you got to try to finish on the clock uh, after sprinting sixty total yards. Yeah, um, yeah. So how'd that work out for you? You know. <laughs> um, uh, but anyway, it, it it was fun. We had a good time. I've got uh, man, I've I've got two thoughts on that, dude. Uh, um, uh, first of all, uh, this this has been on my mind for 
for about a week now. So it, like that's why I, I, it kind of comes up. But uh, I have I just finished reading a really interesting study about the um, the correlation between fitness and shooting. Uh, let's say it's it's actually fitness and fine motor skill, but but it was formed as as a study on shooting. And I'm not sure if you saw this, but there was a a very recent study done with 100 Army Rangers, where they uh, they shot an M4 rifle qual. They went out on a 12 mile ruck, and then they came back and reshot the M4 rifle qual, like all like all in a row. So shoot, go ruck, come back and shoot. And uh, very, I'm just fascinated with with the results of of the study. It, it was the guys who were the fastest on the ruck. Um, they came back in from a 12 mile ruck. They came back in at about an hour and 30 minutes, uh, which is in a, like a, a blazingly fast ruck, by the way. Yeah, that's um, I mean, if I don't, I don't think the study said what the weights were. It was like 45 pounds or something like that is, is what I would guess, um, which is like kind of like normal ruck weight. But, uh, you know, they went out on this 12-mile ruck. They came back in an hour and 30 minutes, which is a blazingly fast pace. This is like a superhuman, like, Olympic <laughs> level of, of athlete, by the way. Um, they came back in, and then they reshot this M4 rifle qual. And their scores from the beginning of the qual, like the, the one that they shot before the ruck, and the score that they shot after the ruck was, was almost no change in score. But the guys who were slower on the ruck... Um, you know, they were coming in at like two and a half to three hours. Their scores were like they dropped by like 20% on average or, or as much as 30%. So they're, the, the guys who were slower on the ruck shot pretty good on, you know, the, the first qual. But then when they came back in and they shot the second qual, they, they came down by 20 to 30% on their score. And what the, what the, study is kind of showing is that there's a correlation between your fitness level and your fine motor skills. So you've got really great fitness. It means that you are, uh, your central nervous system is not quite as fatigued and, and affected by, by that work that you have to do. So you can still have your fine motor skills when it comes time to use them. But if your fitness level is, is not as good, um, you will also have a loss in your, your central nervous system fatigue. You won't be able to have those fine motor skills anymore. And it was a really interesting. And, and, and by the way, I'm not saying that the guys who, who did a 12-mile ruck in, in two hours are not fit, right? We're, we're talking about Army Rangers here, like dudes who are like – All of them are fit. <laughs> yeah, they, they are extremely fit. I'm not trying to detract from that at all. But, but I'm saying like the guys who are superhuman Olympic-level athletes – don't seem to have as much degradation in fine motor skills as the guys who who did the same ruck in like two and a half to three hours, right? Who who are also very talented athletes. So, um, really interesting study, and uh, I, I'm still like I'm still thinking about it. Like, man, like I'm not sure that I could do a, a 12 mile ruck in three hours. Like, <laughs> that's that sounds pretty of, hard. <laughs> that's what that's a that's a hundred and. Uh, 120 minutes for two hours. So that'd be 12 minutes a mile for, yeah, that, for 10, for 10 miles. Even a 12 um, minute mile is just extreme. Or, that's an I extremely mean, ten, fast 10 pace. minutes. 
per mile for 12 miles is 120 minutes. That's just, that's just insane, man. With weight on your back. Like, um, uh, yeah, I mean, the, anybody's the guys, ever ran, like anybody's ever ran, like <laughs> go run two miles, man. And like, yeah. <laughs> if you can do that in 16 minutes or less, you are, you are among the elite compared to the average bear, right? Yes. Like, like an eight minute mile at a cruising pace is not, is not a simple task for a man that's over 25 years old. Like just, yeah. just, just to be able to just go do it. Right. Um, like I so I I've done one thing in my life that is similar to the tactical games like you're talking about, and it was a uh, it was a running gun event, uh, maybe like I don't know two three years ago something like that. I well, probably wasn't that long, maybe two years, whatever. Um, and it was super like I learned a lot uh, about the the how that's a lot different. It's a lot different running through the woods than it is running on the track. Uh, yes. especially like under load, carrying a rifle, carrying magazines. Uh, so I'll tell you my fancy plan. You'll get a chuckle out of this. So I remember I ain't never done nothing like this. Right. Uh, so I got no scope of reference. All I know is, you know, I distance run on occasion. I hadn't in a while, but at that time I was, I was running at least, at least once every two weeks, I, I'd be out there doing, you know, three to five miles. Um, so like the running part was was not foreign to me at all, and I was I was decent at it. like I I could I could pace at at eight minute miles uh pretty pretty well like on cruise control without feeling stressed. Um, mm. And I got to thinking, well, this is a five k race, right? Which is just over three miles, and all these dudes talking about you know taking Camelbacks and all this different you know water and hydration, and I, I got to thinking, I was like, dude, I run like essentially five K's all the time. And I never drank water. So like yeah. my plan is I ain't taking no water. Yeah. Um, dude, that was like the <laughs> dumbest. Like, I don't know. I don't know if I call it dumb. I didn't know any better, but like, that was not a good decision. Right. Uh, because <laughs> what I did not take into consideration was all of the downtime that I would be doing other things that was not running that race, uh, where th that's going to add to the time that I'm not drinking water. Right. And so, yeah. uh, I can't remember the exact time I ran that in and sh like it's, it's eight total stages, I think with, with a 5k basically built, built around it, um, through the woods, through the river, up the hills, down the, down the, down the gravel, all, all this kind of crap. Um, and I think it was somewhere around an hour and something, uh, hour and three minutes, hour and five minutes. But bro, I remember on the way back to the last stage, um, that was the, there's, they're, they're, oh man, they, they were brutal. So the, the, the longest run in the entire thing between stages was on the way to the last stage. Uh, okay. And so like, it was, it was truly like a mental toughness test for me. Like, like I, I, everything in me wanted to walk. Like I just wanted to walk, <laughs> but I like, I remember thinking, I actually said this out loud. I remember saying it out loud. I remember saying, Keep keep your feet moving. You ain't gonna die. You just feel like you're gonna die, right? And and like I had to keep saying that because like I all everything in me just wanted to walk. Uh, yep. and, and I and I remember thinking like I can't do that. Um, yep. But dude, I would have given. I literally would have given five hundred dollars for a shot glass of water. <laughs> like just 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 touch it. Just throw it in my face. I'll I'll yep. lick it off. You know. Yeah. Um. But anyway, yeah. That, that's that crap's tough, man. Uh. And you learn a lot about how. Like this, this chess rig seems pretty cool. Well, have have you ever ran three miles in it? Because like yeah. that, that big hot spot under your armpit now, like, like you might want to pick a different chess rig or, or, or adjust it right or, or whatever. Um, so yeah, it, it was super interesting. It's uh, it, yeah. I mean, it, it's, it, yeah, it's, it's kind of like shooting 
kind of like shooting under night vision. Like you, you think that it's it's going to be like, oh, it's you know, we're shooting under night vision. Like I got to relearn how to shoot, but but that's not the case. Um, you know, you you don't have to relearn how to shoot, but you got to relearn how to how to do all the other admin stuff. And it's the same thing with that. It's like, um, hey man, I, I know how to walk with a backpack. You know, I, <laughs> I can do this. Uh, yeah, but 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 under you know under under stress and and uh, you know after after like mile number three and you you don't have your toes taped and now you're coming in after mile six with huge blisters on your toes. It's like, dude, you know there there's a lot of there's a lot of things that go on with it that you don't realize until you've actually done it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's it's a thing. Well, super cool, man. Well, I'm excited uh, for for you to be able to go do that. That sounds really neat. I. Uh, I hope that one day I actually I checked my calendar when when you, when you asked or when I asked you what the dates were for that that match down at GTI and uh, of course I'm I'm out of town, um, <laughs> but one day I'm I'm sure it'll go well and I'm sure if uh, if it goes well when it goes well that uh, it will be rescheduled again at some point probably at the same place so hopefully that happens and uh, I'll be able to get there and, and and get it on with you. Um, what uh what what matches do you have coming up that you are going to be a competitor in? I am shooting the Quantified Performance uh, Championship again this year. Okay. Uh, so I will be in the General Purpose Division, which is a 16-inch gun with an LPVO. Uh, so I will be doing that this year. Um, my my good friend Mike Russo is the reigning champion, and uh, I'm going to see if I can if I can make him make quiver him a little bit. Make him yep. quiver. That's right. <laughs> Uh, so we're, we're going to see if we can, if we can do that. Um, so that'll be my kind of like the bulk of my work this year is going to be, uh, is, is that, that series. Um, we've got NRL Hunter. I, I'm just doing that for the experience. You know, that's, that's something I just want to learn and, and see what it's like. We've got a tactical games later in the year. Uh, I'm actually, I'll be volunteering at one. We're going up to, uh, the Ridgeline facility up in New Hampshire. So I'll get to go up and check that place out and uh, I'm going to volunteer up there. And then I'm shooting another one in South Carolina at Sawmill later in the year. Um, that's, a ta- that's a tactical games. Again? That's a tactical games. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, man, we're, we're going to get around this year, but, uh, like I said, the, the bulk of my, my work is going to be in the, the quantifier performance series. Just trying to, trying to get those points there. I, uh, I'm gonna circle back with you when whenever you get back from Ridgeline and see what you think about that place, man. I think yeah, you man. have similar thoughts uh, about that place as you do about GTI. I, I I'm gonna call that one of the top three, if not the top two, uh, shooting facilities I've, I've ever seen. Um, That's awesome. Now, now that being said, right, uh, I have some intrinsic bias where like I'm I'm really really good friends with basically everybody up there. Like I love those boys, and so like I, I love what they do. I love I love everything about that place. Uh, but the way that it's grown and, and been like, man, like, and, and they're, it's almost like they do like about, I don't know, maybe two years ago, like they pushed turbo mode and, and just started yeah. going crazy. Um, yep. The, uh, the, the movers that they can, they can make do stuff up and down that hill and, and all the different connexes. Like you were talking about that nine story thing. Like they, they got something for you out there. Um, that's awesome and and the 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 avenue that they've created with all the different cars and the openings coming out of different i mean it's just it's nuts um so i'd be interested to see what you thought about that trip and then also if you've never been to that facility so their their actual uh, address is in a uh, place called dalton new hampshire Mm -hmm. um 
but Dalton borders right on this uh, this little town called Littleton, and uh, I, I'm I'm gonna say, dude, I've been I've been from East Coast to West Coast, all over the place. I ain't been everywhere, but I've been a lot of where. And uh, Littleton, New Hampshire, is is one of my favorite places I've ever seen in my life. Um, That's awesome. Such an awesome place. There's this beautiful freaking river that runs right through the middle of it, a bunch of rocks and stuff, and just like a really cool old town. Um, I, I think I think you're gonna love it. I think you're gonna love it. I'm excited for it, man. It's uh, I, I haven't been up there yet, and uh, man, I'm I'm really excited to get there for sure. They've uh, I've I've always been a big fan of Ridgeline. We we took a class with them back in, in 2019. They actually came down to Florida, um, took a class with them, and uh, I, I was already shooting scoped rifle, like scope carbine, um, but that class kind of like ignited the 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 real love for the gun and the platform. I bet they would. I bet they'd be tickled to hear that, man. Yeah. Like well, I'm. I'm sure they hear it all the time, man. To to like just just the way that just the way that they showed me how to use the gun and and what what was what was actually capable from that gun. I, I actually didn't realize. You know, I had been shooting it for a while, and uh, I didn't realize all the things that it could do until they showed me. And I was like, dang, dude, like this gun is amazing. <laughs> yeah, I'm basically a badass, you know. <laughs> Um, yeah, that's neat, man. Super neat. Well, uh, maybe if you end up at, uh, at arena or sawmill or something like that, chasing that QP championship, I'll, I'll, I'll meet up with you at some point. I, uh, I'm gonna try to hit a whole lot more of these, these gas gun, scope gun, you know, and, and even a lot of dot gun stuff. I know, uh, Chad Wiley and, uh, and Miss Sarah over at the Proving Grounds, they're doing a lot, uh, of, of stuff here lately. And one of the things they've come out with here recently is called the Gas Masters. And, uh, Okay. The Gas Masters is essentially a hit factor scoring um, carbine match that's basically 200 yards and in. Um, oh, interesting. Okay. Okay. And, and so it's, it's, it's a, I have never shot a match like that, nor have I heard of a match like that, that that's operating off a of hit factor scoring as opposed to the three gun rules of, of two anywhere or one in the, one in the box. Um, so it'll be super interesting to see like how many of these dudes have the wherewithal to like, like understand this points game and be able to play the, the cause like there truly is a hit factor game some, sometimes. Um, yes. and, uh, it, it'll be interesting to see like in, uh, the IWI, I'll be shooting the IWI carving series at, at Clinton house. Um, I think they call it, they're calling it like the world carving championships or something like that. That, yeah, that's, that's, the, that's in March, right? In like a month. Yeah. 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 Okay. Okay. That's um, awesome. That'll, uh, I think that would probably interest you pretty good. That one, I talked to the match director for that one. That one's going to go, uh, there will be a stage, uh, that has targets out to 500. Uh, but the vast majority of them are going to be 200 and in, and that is also going to be a hit factor scored match. And some of the paper that is going to be scored for hit factor, the, you know, the silhouette targets, uh, are going to be 200 yards away. So, like that, that's pretty interesting. Like, do you choose two alphas or do you let two Charlies go? Or like, how do you conceptualize how to play that, that hit factor math game on a target like that? Because honestly, I've never thought about that. Yeah. So I'm going to play around with that a little bit before I see it. <laughs> no. I, I, um, I had a, I've, I've done this twice so far um, where we've, we've had to shoot at like an eight and a half by 11 sheet of paper at 400 yards. And, um, man like that's a very interesting challenge um 
it's it's i think what makes it really interesting is that you, you have zero feedback um you can't see your hits like on the on the paper and and you you can't see it move and what you're really relying on is like man you just hope that you see like a little bit of splash behind behind the paper um like either on the berm or 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 downrange from it so that you know that your wind call was good uh, which we, you know, we're saying 400 yards. The wind doesn't matter that much, but but if it's moving, it does. You it know, matters so, if it matters. Yeah. yeah. So so um, man, it's a it's a very interesting stage design to have to shoot paper that far out where you you just can't see the the bullet holes. Um, a very interesting one indeed. So I'm I'm curious how how that one ended up going for you. Yeah, we'll we'll see, man. I uh, I I got to get uh, some some ammo. <laughs> I just thought I told my wife last night. I laid down and I said, "Holy smokes, I got to get some freaking ammo." She's like, "What are you talking about?" And I said, "I, I just remembered like I have about five hundred rounds of rifle ammo left, and I have three like and this is this is fifty five grain ball ammo, right? Just training right. ammo, and and this is uh, I got three carbine matches and a two day course." And the training to get ready for all of that stuff, all in like before the end of March, and I don't, Tough. I don't have, I got five hundred rounds, so I need, I need to need get some, some, some ammo ordered pretty quick. Need some ammo, uh, yeah. So, uh, but anyway, yeah. Here, here, probably starting next week, I'm going to be setting up a whole lot of uh, just really. I'm going to get comfortable again, being very, very aggressive on like the thirty yard and in paper uh, with with a with a dot gun or, or LPVO gun. Uh, because for quite a while I've been I've been playing the uh, the scope gun game where I, I feel like it's a little bit of give and take, man. Like if you if you get really really great at mountain barricades quickly, getting stable quickly, shooting far quickly, like it's, at some point, dude, like your your ability to attack a no shoot at twenty five yards with a dot gun is gonna it's gonna leave you if you don't revisit it. <laughs> yes. Um, yep. So uh, so yeah, that's what I'm gonna be prioritizing there for a little bit, and then. Uh, I'll switch that back up and go back to training on the scope gun uh, for the QP stuff at Arena, and we'll just bounce around all over the place. But uh, yeah, gas gun forever. Heck yeah, man, gas gun forever. <laughs> yeah, so super cool. Well, I uh, I hope I hope your stuff goes well, man. I really do. And uh, as as always, let me know how I can how I can help do whatever I can do. Other than that, that's what I got. Man, I, I super appreciate you having me on, Mark. This is this has been really cool. Um, yeah, yeah. Look forward to, to seeing you at, at matches this year, man. Tell uh, me this before we get you off here: uh, if people want to know more about these these fancy products that this brilliant engineer makes, how, how do they go find this stuff? Where, where can they find <laughs> you? At? Uh, well, our, our website is sunnshadow.com, S-U-N-N shadow.com. Uh, and then you can also find us on Instagram. We're pretty active there. It's Sun and Shadow underscore LLC. Uh, you can find us on Instagram. Um, you know, we've, we're we're pretty active on there, so you can you can message us there, send us an email, you know, whatever you want to do. Um, but but that's the the best way to find us. Real nice, real nice, super cool, man. Appreciate the heck out of you coming on, and uh, we'll see you when we see you. Awesome, Mark. Thanks so much, man. Good talking to you. 
All right, guys, that's the show for the day. As always, if you'd like to know more, you can visit us at www.jbstraininggroup.com. If you'd like to get in on a class, you can check the roster and the schedule, which is always changing. If you'd like to host a class, you can hit me up at jbstraininggroup at gmail.com. I appreciate the heck out of you guys. Make sure you talk to Jesus today, and we'll see you on the range.